And this is where I seen. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want that. All right. All right, let's pray for our spiritual meal. Father, we thank you so much again for the Word of God. And we're going to learn, Lord, about this first Christmas and just things that how it impacts us, Lord. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here to minister this message to our hearts. And we thank you, Jesus, that you be glorified. Amen. All right, go to the book of Luke, chapter 1. We're going to look at several characters of the Christmas story and things that we can gain from it. Look at Luke chapter 1, look at verse 5. Luke 1, 5. It says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was the daughter of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and the ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they both were well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him standing at the right side of the altar of incense, and then Zacharias saw him. He was troubled and fear fell upon him. And the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord, shall not drink neither wine or strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn their hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, who was sent to speak to you and bring you glad tidings. And behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. And when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take my reproach away among the people." And so let's look at Zacharias' life. And so he is the father of John, who will be the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's a miraculous birth. We have Mary, obviously it's a miraculous birth with Mary, but it's also a miraculous birth of John's birth because not only was she past the age where normally women have children, but she was also barren. And so usually if you look back in the Old Testament, you look back at the patriarchs. The patriarchs were the patriarchs of grace. You have Abraham, the father of faith and the father of grace, where God gave a covenant of grace to Abraham. Then you have Isaac, and then you have Jacob. And, and so each of the wives of those men were barren. And so it brings out generation after generation, they were barren, but God supernaturally opened their womb by grace, generation after generation after generation. To reveal that God's blessing in your life, not because not by your effort, not by your ability, but by the power and the grace of God. 
And so this was a supernatural birth. And so I want you to look at Zacharias. And so he, they had no child. And so they were well advanced in years. Actually, Zacharias, we know that there were wise men that came to worship Jesus. But I believe Zacharias was one of the original wise men. Well, why do you say that, Pastor? Well, because he said here to the angel, Zacharias said in verse 18, Luke 1, it says, Zacharias said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I am an old man, say old man, but my wife is well advanced. So he was wise in not calling his wife old. She's well advanced. Praise God. And so they had prayed for a child. I want you to look at, go to verse 13. Let's go back and look at this. Luke 1, 13, And the angel said to Zacharias, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. Say, your prayer is heard. What prayer was that? Well, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call his name John. What prayer did he hear? A prayer for a child. But this prayer had been many years in the past. He had prayed this prayer, and they had prayed, but eventually it looked like it was just not going to ever happen. She was barren, and they think, well, at least the Lord can have a miracle and open my womb, but now I'm past the age, and I'm barren, and they basically gave up on their dream, gave up on their prayer, forgot that prayer, but guess what? The Lord did not forget the prayer. He says, your prayer is heard. I don't care how long ago you prayed a prayer, and you may have forgotten about that prayer, but the name Zacharias means the Lord remembers. The Lord remembers, and the Lord remembers those cries of your heart, those prayers you've been prayed, and you thought, you know what? May I've even forgot those prayers. Surely the Lord doesn't remember them, though. The Lord remembers every prayer you prayed, and there's a time for the Lord to bring forth, and I believe in this room there are prayers. There's going to be resurrection of dreams, resurrection of hope, and the resurrection of God's promise that's going to come back to you. The Lord heard your prayer. And so... Uh, Look at Luke one uh, eighteen. Zacharias wasn't perfect in, their, in his faith. Ask someone, have you been perfect in your faith? Now we'll have a prayer line for deceived and for liars. If you said you've been perfect in your faith, sometimes we think, well, you have to say it perfectly, believe it perfectly, never waver, always be strong before God will get you. No, God just needs an open door. Just if the smallest door, and he can get through to you, he can get through to you. And he got through to Zechariah. Because Zechariah said when the Lord promised that, instead of a statement of faith, he says, well, how, I, how do I know this is going to happen? And so he says, I'm an old man. My wife's well advanced. How is this going to happen? And so the, so the angel said, because you didn't believe me, you're going to be mute. You're not going to be able to speak. You know, your words and faith are connected. And I believe he says, you know what? The, the, the Lord wants us to come more than you do, and so he's going to have to keep you shut, shut your mouth, and so to, to, to come in line with this. And so Zacharias, again, means the Lord remembers, and Zacharias had forgotten about his prayer, but God had not. And so the angel said, because you did not believe me, you'll be mute. But you know what? I think sometimes we have the idea that our faith has to be aligned just right before God can pray can bring that about. And no, God just needs a small opening. What was the small opening in Zacharias' life? Even though what he prayed didn't seemingly come to pass, he didn't let disappointment stop him from worshiping and serving God. So many Christians, they get disappointed with what 
they feel should have happened and this did happen that I didn't want to happen and this thing happened and I prayed and it didn't come to pass or I prayed for it not to happen and it happened. And they just stopped serving the Lord and stopped worshiping the Lord. But Zacharias says, I refuse to do that. I'm going to continue. So guess what? He find him, well, the angel didn't find him at home. He found him serving God in the temple, burning incense. What is incense a type of in the Bible? Worship. He's standing and worshiping God, serving God still. And that's his open door for God to move. And so stop, don't stop worshiping God. Don't stop serving God. Because just because you don't understand something in your life. And so uh, let me look at another example of someone that didn't have it all right in their faith, but God still brought a promise to them, Abraham. Look in Genesis 17, look at verse 15. Genesis 17, look at verse 15. Then God said to Abram, as for Sarai, Sarai means bitter, as Sarai your wife, you shall not call her name Sarah, Sarai or bitter, but Sarah, which means princess, but Sarah shall be her name, and I'll bless her and give you a son by her. Then I will bless her, and she will be a mother of nations, and kings of peoples shall be from her. Then Abraham said, yes, Lord, that is the way it's going to be. Amen. Oh, I'm sorry, clueless translation. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed. <laughs> Man of faith, a father of our faith. Tell someone you don't have to be perfect in your faith life. He's merciful. Just needs an open door. Keep the door open. Abraham left his country, followed the Lord, but the Lord blessed him. Now, have you given up on a prayer you've prayed? Or even forgotten about? You may have forgotten about it, Zacharias. God hasn't. And so God wants to bring and resurrect his promises to you. And so today, today we're going to have four closings. So I'm going to get you prepared because I want to stop and I want you to pray. I want to pray. I just don't want you to think, oh, pastor's done. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> no, this is just the first of four. <laughs> Bow your heads. You say, Pastor, this really speaks to me, but I've had a dream and I've had some prayers before the Lord and it's been a while and it hasn't been answered. It looks like it may not be able to, in the natural, ever come about. But you know, today I just realized in this story of Zacharias that God can bring it forth, that nothing's impossible to God. And he remembers. He's faithful. And he will bring forth what he's promised. You say, Lord, I am going to continue to worship the Lord. I don't understand why it hasn't happened yet, but I'm going to continue worshiping. I'm going to continue serving you. I'm going to continue to look to you. And I thank you that you remember. And if that's you today, I want you to raise your hand. Father, I thank you that you've, you've heard the prayers that have been prayed, and you remember them. We may even still need to be reminded of some prayers that we prayed, but you don't. And I thank you, Father, that you hold them precious and that you bring them forth in your season. And Lord, I thank you that you've waited sometimes in this case to where it's impossible and natural that you be glorified by it. And so, Lord, I thank you for bringing your promise back and bring it into fruition right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's move on in the story. Let's look in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Luke 1, 26, it says, Now in the sixth, the sixth month, the angel Gabriel 
was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give you him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel said, answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One which is born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary was a teenager, a young teenager, and she's betrothed. That's engaged to be married. Back then they were ready for marriage much earlier. And so she was a young teenager, maybe 13 or 14. And so she's betrothed to be married. And this is an exciting time in your life. If, ladies, if you remember uh, the time before you were getting married, just the preparation time that you were thinking about and the joyful planning that you had. Ladies, you've been planning for this wedding day since you were a small girl. I mean, you get the magazine, bridal magazines out, picking your, your dress out and, and been prepared for this wonderful day. Now, the groom, I mean, he's pretty clueless, and so he just shows up that day going, yeah, what do I do? Stand there, don't do anything. I do, that's all you got, don't mess this up. Okay. But ladies, you've been preparing in your heart for a very long time. This is Mary. And Mary has her plans the way things are going to be, but God came in and changed her plans. Are you willing to have God change your plans? And these, these chains of this plan, and so Mary's betrothed to be engaged. The angel came in and said, Highly favored one, you have found favor with the Lord. You know, before the Lord can really move in your life, you need to realize that he has favored you. That means that he, is, that he is extending grace to you, unmerited favor. Tell someone you're highly favored. Now tell someone else next to you, you're really favored. It's not because of you, because of your faith in Jesus. And you're highly favored. But guess what? The angel said, fear not. You're highly favored. A lot of Christians, they stand in fear every day. The Lord's saying, don't fear. Focus on my grace. Focus on my goodness. You're highly favored, and I want to bless you. And so then she asked this question, how can this be? How is this question different than Zacharias's question? Zacharias said, how do I know this is going to happen? That was really a statement of unbelief. What did Mary say? How will this happen? I mean, last time I checked, guy, girl, kind of need some logistics here. I mean, I want to participate. Don't know how. And so it wasn't really a question of unbelief. It was a logistic question. And what did, what did the angel say? 
All things are possible with God. Actually, that's not a good translation from the Greek language. The Greek says no rhema word, no spoken word, no rhema from God is impossible. Or let me say, no rhema is void of power to have it fulfill itself. Let me say it again. No rhema from God is void of power to fulfill itself. And so again, that power is there. And if God's promised it to you, God can bring it about. How is it going to happen, Pastor? I just don't know how it's going to happen. The same way that he, the angel said it will happen for Mary. The power of the Holy Spirit, the power from on high, will overshadow you. And he can bring it about and give birth to it. So let's, uh, but let's move on now and let's go to uh, chapter 2. Luke 2, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinus was governing uh, Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which was called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child, so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. It's very interesting that God had promised that in the Old Testament that this Jesus, this Messiah, would be born in Bethlehem. But guess what? God had the entire Roman world changed up and, just, and had the Roman emperor decree that there would be a census, and with the census, you have to pay taxes. And so this is tax season. And so the emperor says, you know what, this is a good time to give account of how many my subjects are, and we just have to make sure everybody's paying their taxes, and everybody has to go back to their hometown. Isn't it interesting that God could use the rulers of the world, an ungodly ruler, to bring about his will? Do we need to hear that today? God can do it. And so they get there, and they go back to Bethlehem. And this is tax season. Can anything good happen at tax season? <laughs> yes. And I really believe this is a prophetic word. And for those that it hits your spirit and you want to receive it, I believe this tax season, this year, this coming year, this tax season, God has a supernatural blessing for you in the midst of your tax season this year. Anybody receive that? Yes. Amen. Amen. And so, but notice, before the baby's born, it said, as the baby's being born, she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. But right before he was to be born, guess what? They tried to get into the inn, but there was no room for them in the inn. So they found a manger. You know, you need to watch something right before God wants to birth something in your life, is you need to watch offense and rejection. Because right before God wants to move in your life, he'll, he'll try to bring offense into you. He'll try to bring bitterness into you, disappointment, try to stop what God has for you. Don't bite it. Don't get, it, don't get into offense. And so, you know, you ever hear that it was a silent night? You know why that night was silent? Because Mary said, Joseph, didn't you make reservations? I'm sorry, Mary. I forgot. Mary. Mary, 
Mary! It was a silent night. I just guess that's how it happened. So Mary's plans were interrupted by God's promise. Are you willing to have your plans altered this coming year to give birth to God's promise in your life? But wait a minute, count the cost. What was the cost that for her to say, let it be? What, what did it mean, let it be so? Amen. She said amen. So what, what you, what's the cost of that? Well, people not understanding, judging. People that don't know what's going on in your life will judge you. And she had to, she had to basically come and say, hey, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, this is a Holy Spirit thing. You know, a lot of women since Mary has tried that, it hasn't really worked. It's an angel. Came to me. Yeah, that's that was really good, right? She had to real she had to be willing to be misjudged. But guess what? When you get pregnant, she had to really be, had to be willing to get uncomfortable. Because God, when God wants to start something new in your life, first something new in life, your life gets uncomfortable. You walk different. You act different. You talk different. Are you willing for a change in your life? Bow your heads. Second closing. Yeah, you have plans in your life and things are going so smooth and you're moving on. But are you but for some of you, you're gonna be moving into this new year and God's gonna have you make a right turn. And your and your life is gonna to look totally different this next year. Are you willing to have your plans changed to bring about what God wants? Are you willing to be misjudged? Are you willing to get uncomfortable? to birth what God has for you. And if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Father, I thank you that we're open for whatever you have for us. Thank you for the change of our plans for your plans to bring birth to what you have for us, Father. And we thank you for grace to be able to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's move on in our story, Luke chapter 2, chapter 2, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. You know, I can't look at this verse anymore after Sarah Bowling came and discussed this. Who was here last week? I'll never be able to look at this story before. Again, when the angel showed up and they peed in their pants. <laughs> I, I just can't seem... Actually, I think it's really peed in the robes. But, but they were greatly afraid. Verse 10, and then the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel and a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, uh, on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all who had heard marveled at these things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. These shepherds were the shepherds of Bethlehem. 
They watched the sheep of Bethlehem. If you study history out, there's some very interesting Bethlehem in the area of Bethlehem and the sheep of Bethlehem. What were those sheep used for? The sheep of Bethlehem were used to, uh, to be used for temple sacrifice. Bethlehem is not too far right outside. It's kind of the suburb of Jerusalem. And these shepherds were, were raising these sheep to be sacrificed in the temple. These were temple sheep to be sacrificed. So he came to them and said, I want to show you the true Lamb of God. You've been watching over the sacrificial sheep of the temple, but I want to show you the Lamb of God. And, I, and it's very interesting that they said, this will be a sign to you. Say a sign to you. You'll see a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes. Well, what's so big about a child wrapped in swaddling clothes? Uh, that's a fairly common thing. You'd wrap a child up to keep him safe. But that would be a sign to the shepherds, these shepherds, a sign to them. And so why was that a sign? Because they, again, were raising the sheep for the temple sacrifice. These sheep had to be without blemish. They couldn't have broken bones. They couldn't have any blemish. So what would the shepherds do? As soon as that baby lamb was born, they would wrap the baby lamb in swaddling clothes to keep them from falling, to breaking their legs. And so he says, I'm going to show you a sign. I'm going to show you the true lamb wrapped in swaddling clothes without blemish, the lamb that will die for the entire world. And see, these shepherds were out at night. They were... They weren't sleeping when most of us are sleeping. I'm a night sleeper. But they were awake at night, and they had a revelation in the middle of the night. It may be dark in your life right now. The Lord wants to give you the greatest revelation of Him that you've ever had. It's in the darkest parts of your life. And so they, were very, they came and they saw, but then they went out and reported and started sharing the news about Jesus. They were our very first evangelists. Who are the very first evangelist shepherds? You know, the people God's going to use to share him and use mightily in sharing and being evangelist is someone that has a shepherd's heart, someone with a heart for people. And so this is the third closing. Bow your heads. You say, Pastor, I really want to be an, I really want to share Jesus and be a greater witness for him than ever before. Well, you'll need a greater desire for people than you ever had. And how do you do that? Get in God's presence. You can't get in God's presence without Him rubbing off on you and people, a passion for people. So you spend time more with God and say, God, give me your heart for people. And you'll find that compassion will flow out to you for people, and you'll see signs, miracles, and wonders flow from compassion, from people. You say, Pastor... I've, I've had outreach, I've witnessed, I've, I've seen the miracle power of God in my life, but I want to see it in a greater way. I want to witness for you more in this year than I ever have before, and it starts with my relationship with you. You say, Pastor, pray for me, because I, I believe I want to be used to, to be a witness for him more than I ever before. Raise your hand. Father, I thank you, Father, that's us. Lord, put your heart for people in our heart. It's something supernatural. And I thank you, Father, that you flow through that compassion and you heal and you deliver and you bear witness to Jesus. Amen. Finally, let's go to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2, look at verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men 
from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them, Where is Christ to be born? And they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it's written by the prophet. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you had found him, bring word back to me that I may worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream, they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. And so who were these wise men? They were called Magi, and they came from the land of Babylon. And this is modern-day Iraq. And so they had traveled quite a distance, but who were the wise men? Well, they were men from the realm of Babylon. Where did they come from? Well, their ancestors really got started under the prophet Daniel. Daniel really was the first administrator over the wise men of Babylon and had taught them the word of God, had taught them about the Messiah, taught them in times. He was revealed in times and what would happen in the future, and he taught that to these men, and it went down from generation to generation. Where is that, Pastor? Look in Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2, look at verse 48. Daniel 2, 48 says, And the king promoted Daniel... And gave him many great gifts. And he made him ruler over the province of Babylon. And he was the chief administrator over all the wise men of Babylon. And this is where this group started. And he taught them the word of God. Taught them to look for a savior, a king that would be born. And what would be the sign of this king? A star would appear. Well, pastor, where was that? That's out of the book of Numbers. He taught them this. Numbers 24, look at verse 17. Numbers 24, look at verse 17. I see him, this is the Messiah that's to come. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. And so they had this promise that a king would rise, and with this, a star would rise. And when they saw the star, they knew the time of Daniel's prophecy had come about and they started out towards there but when did they start out because Herod came to them and said when did you first see this star well we didn't see them don't hear their answer but we have to know we can put two to two together of when this was because what did Herod do he went out and had every child from two years old and younger killed so what he must have heard about two years ago we first saw that star ah so if that child was born two years ago, he, might, he must be at least two years old. And so let's have everybody from two and under just to make sure we cover it. And so he killed them. And so, but Herod and all the Jerusalem were stirred up when these guys came into town. When these wise guys 
when the wise men came in, it caused trouble. The whole trouble, the whole city was troubled. The whole city was stirred. I mean, it made, it made news. It made the Jerusalem headline Daily Times news that the, the, the wise men showed up. Do you know that if three wise guys in bathrobes came into town, it wouldn't have made a big deal? But tradition tells us that these guys traveled in caravans, multitudes. And so they must have had train loads of camels and camels and such, just because the whole city got stirred up about it. And they came and, and Herod asked the, the priest, well, where is this king going to be born? Bethlehem. And so Herod said, well, obviously he's going to be in Bethlehem. So he told the wise men, go to Bethlehem. When you find him, tell me about it, where he is. So I want to come worship, kill him. I mean, worship him. Sure. But then all of a sudden a star, the star that they had been following obviously had stopped. And that's why they were asking around where to go from here because the star stopped. You know, the Lord had, there's someone in this room, the Lord had given you some guidance, but all of a sudden it seems like you haven't heard anything. And you're like, okay, where, where do I need to go? The Lord is about to show you where you're supposed to go, but it's different than what you think. Because guess what? The star shows up and doesn't take them to Bethlehem. He takes them to Nazareth. Well, how do, I know, how do you know that, Pastor? Because these guys show up quite a while after Jesus was born. You know, eight days after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, what happened after the eighth day? Where was he circumcised? In Jerusalem. So they took him to Jerusalem, circumcised him. That's when Simeon came in and prophesied. Anna came in and prophesied. And then it says they went back to Nazareth. Where did, that, where did the star take him? To Nazareth. And I want you to see that here. It says, It says, And when they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. It didn't say Bethlehem. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced. Oh, there it is. I see it again. And it took them to Nazareth. Look at verse 11. And when they came into the house, did it say manger? Didn't say manger. Then I'm sorry. I just blew your credit, your your Christmas cards. Still give them. It's just not right. They weren't bowed down by the shepherds with the knocking the chickens out. They came to the house and they saw the young child. Look at the word child. The word child. The Greek word is a to, is a Greek specific Greek word for a toddler. And when they saw him with Mary, his mother, fell down and worshipped him, then they opened their treasures and presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Why, is, why does tradition say there's three wise men? Because I think because they had three gifts. But no, they had, they had trunk loads of this. And then right after that, the angel says, go to Egypt. And he stays there for a number of years. Where did they get the money to live in Egypt from the wise men? from their gifts. But notice it says that they came and saw. Say saw. saw. They worshipped. Then they opened their treasures. And then they gave. Bow your head. Third closing. They saw the child. 
They worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and gave for his ministry, to provide for his ministry. Guys, how are you going to be able to have the treasures unlocked on the inside of you? Because there's treasure locked up on the inside of you that's to be given to the Lord's ministry. There's treasure on the inside of you. But what do you have to see? You have to see him first. Then you've got to worship him. And those treasures locked on the inside of you will be unlocked. And you go give them into to ministry and to service. God wants to use you in a far greater way this coming year. But you're going to have to see him afresh. Worship him deeper. And those treasures are going to be unlocked out of your spirit. And you're going to pour it out on Jesus' ministry for his gospel. You say, Pastor, I believe there's treasures locked up on the gifts locked up on the inside that Jesus wants to use for his ministry. But I want those unlocked this year. And so I'm asking you to show, Holy Spirit, show me Jesus. Let me see him so I can worship him. And then you unlock and I can open up the treasures that you've given me so I can lavish it on the Savior. You say, Lord, I want to see you in a greater way and worship you deeper this year. Raise your hand. Father, I thank you for showing them a revelation of you they haven't seen. That they can worship like they've never worshipped. And you unlock the treasures on the inside of them to lavish on you, your ministry. And we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Let's worship God together. This is for multiple people. I don't know the relationship um, you know, that you have with this property or, you know, house or second house land. But I believe the Lord is asking you to release this and to move on from it. Um, and I'm also praying that uh, messenger angels will uh, come on the scene to help you. And I have, because they've helped me um, a lot in my life. But um, so I have Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. I believe I have a uh, message in tongues, and I believe that the Lord will give the interpretation. If it comes to you, please raise your hand, and I'll wait for you to come up and give it. If no one receives it, I will give it. My people, I love you more than you can imagine, more than you can fathom in a million years. Come to me, my people. I want close fellowship with you like never before. May this coming year be the year where you sit by my side and we have intimate, close 
fellowship. I want it so bad, my people. Um, when Pastor Rick was praying and about the prayers that we forgot, I felt like God was saying he hasn't forgot about those loved ones also, those ones that need to come back into the fold. He's like, I honor that and I love that. <laughs> and that he's saying, but you were the first step. Reach out. Share love this holiday season. And then once you do that, you're going to see how quickly they come back into the fold. <laughs> 